Diverse is brought to you by SWE Advance, supporting the recruitment, retention, and advancement of women in engineering through career resources, professional development, and one-to-one networking opportunities. Today, I'm here uh, talking with Rick Naples, and we're discussing men as diversity partners, specifically with our SWE partnership between BD and SWE. And so, Rick, I wanted to start the conversation by discussing what your current role is and how long you've been with BD. Sure. I am currently the Executive Vice President and Chief Regulatory Officer. I've been at BD for uh, about 10 years now, um, five years in this role. And before I joined BD, I was with Hoffman LaRoche. And before that, I was a clinical lab scientist that ended up uh, going to work at FDA headquarters for a couple years, which is how I got into regulatory affairs. Very interesting. So is, just to lead into that, so what is your educational background? I have a BS in medical technology as a clinical lab scientist with a major in chemistry, and that's how I got here, actually. Uh, Interestingly enough, in the middle of the AIDS crisis many years ago in the mid-'80s, I decided uh, after 10 years working in the hospital lab that I wanted to do more with my background, and I went to work managing a blood bank in the middle of the crisis. And from there, FDA inspected the blood bank, said we were doing a great job, and said, would you ever think about coming to FDA to help us, you know, protect the safety of the blood supply? And I said, really, you hire med techs and chemists for this? And they said, absolutely. We want somebody that understands what it takes to make sure a unit of blood is safe for transfusion, and we think you'd be great. So I decided to take that opportunity and went to FDA headquarters for a couple years. Wow. And And where was that located out of? That was uh, at, on the campus of the National Institutes of Health in okay. Bethesda, Maryland, and that was so exciting because NIH is an amazing campus where you have the smartest people, I think, in the world, and day in, day out, we were able to hear um, speeches and scientific presentations and paper presentations from people working on the AIDS virus and what we could do to protect the safety of the blood supply, so it was really a great opportunity to learn science and uh, about uh, HIV and what FDA can do to protect the safety of the blood supply. Wow. Well, it sounds like a very interesting start to your career and obviously took a little risk there to uh, change what you were doing. It was, uh, which... and, and, and who knew I'd be good at regulations? I didn't quite <laughs> know, but I can tell you this. When I worked in the blood bank, I realized FDA was coming out with all these guidance and requirements, and I said, wow, they're changing the blood bank industry, and I would think I can help be part of the solution in helping FDA make good policy that ensures safety and supports innovation and blood bank tests. So it was a great experience. That's good. I mean, so for me, one of the things I was, um, you know, thinking about as we're discussing SWE's involvement, so your scientist background, um, you know, I was curious of how you got yourself into becoming a supporter of uh, SWE, the Society of Women Engineers. Yeah, great question. Um, Last year, uh, or two years ago, actually, I was the uh, management committee's sponsor for Nishimba, the National Society of Hispanic MBAs. And recently, when I rotated off of that uh, sponsorship, which I really enjoyed, um, someone mentioned to me that they needed a sponsor for SWE. And I first said, well, I'm not a woman, and I'm not an engineer. But you know what? I know how important it is to hire the best people and scientists that can help us Um, with our mission advancing uh, the world of health. So I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to take what I learned in sponsoring Nishimba 
and applying it to SWE and increasing our uh, diversity. So since you already started mentioning that, being a male supporting SWE, has there been any interesting obstacles that you've encountered? You know, not at all. This is the best part about it. Um, When I mentioned it to Vince, our CEO, and the management committee, I got thumbs up. They said, fantastic, Um, because I think we all recognize we need to do more in this area. And what I believe and we all believe as leaders is that when men and women lean in together, we can be really successful and, uh, again, hire the best and brightest talent um, engineers that can help us with our mission. Right. I mean, and so even at BD, I know there's a lot of, uh, you get a lot of titles of engineers that aren't, that maybe are scientists as well. So I think other people can relate to that as well. It's yeah. not always just engineers that's <laughs> in right. engineering roles, the way we develop and grow with our careers. So I think that's an important point you mentioned too with your background. Yeah. And I think people you know, just need to understand that sometimes, you know, I think there's a tendency for people, maybe women especially, that feel that before they can apply for a role, they need to have 100% of the background. Well, you know, I had 70% of the background knowing blood bank. I didn't know regulations, but guess what? I learned, and I took that opportunity, and FDA took a chance and stretched me and grew me, and I think it's a great example of what people can do when they take um, a background in science and apply it, whether it's in regulatory affairs, medical affairs, R&D, clinical affairs. There's and quality. There's there's so many areas and opportunities where we need people with physical science and engineering experience. Right. So have you uh, already started working on what you envision this partnership with SWE that is relatively new to BD, um, helping, you know, overall meet some of our BD objectives, which obviously I think I, I know the one to heart as well of hiring the right people for the job. That always makes sense to me and hiring the right talent and people that you can grow. You know, is there other objectives that it links to? Yeah. You know, um, I think what the value of SWE, and now that I've been in in this uh, sponsorship role for a year and having attended their national meeting last year, and by the way, I'm going to attend this week their regional meeting in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. Very uh, nice. Jasmine and with Lisa Craddy. And together we're going to be a a great BD team. And what I've learned about SWE is what I really like about it, I think um, probably the best thing I can say is they really help, I think, women to reach their full potential as scientists and leaders. And to do that, um, they provide training, coaching, mentorship um, programs in a number of different areas that can really help us. And um, I have personally helped uh, BD sponsor from my uh, function the uh, SWE membership for uh, 200 women engineers in BD that can now take advantage of everything SWE offers in terms of uh, programming to help them enhance their career, uh, be the best possible professional they can be, and grow their careers in in other ways. So I think one of the important things I think you were noting there I'd want to emphasize is really the idea of partnering and mentoring. Really, it doesn't matter what your background is necessarily. You know, it's really having the ability to help uh, see potential in others and help them find tools that help them to grow and develop in our careers, right? And SWE has some of those tools. That's exactly right. SWE's got some great tools. And, for example, um, what I'd like to start doing, too, is in addition to sponsoring these memberships, I'd like to get us more involved with the local SWE chapter at Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers has a section there. 
Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to work with a local university uh, to participate in career fairs, um, to help people, um, to mentor and coach folks to take the next step in their careers. I might challenge you, too, to I, – so I, I graduated from Drexel, so I also am uh, – <laughs> you know, they're good. I, I had some family that went that way, too. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about the home state here first. But, know, right? uh, but you're absolutely right. Listen, you know, the, the, the big annual meetings in Philadelphia right. in October, and I'm really excited about that um, because we'll have an opportunity there. Um, my goal – um, going back to your earlier question, too, is to get senior leaders to come to this meeting to partner with our HR talent managers to um, come there with a slate of opportunities we have at BD and be more aggressive in um, profiling, you know, having the right profile of our candidates and being able to go there and actually, you know, make offers on the spot. I've watched wow. our competitors do this, Patricia and Medtronic. Yeah. Wow. They're very impressive. Medtronic has a very large booth, probably the biggest in the medical technology industry at SWE, and they bring their uh, scientists, engineers, and MDs um, in there wearing scrubs, uh, navy blue scrubs, like as if they're working in the surgical suite in a hospital, and um, very professionally done, and then they um, do interviews on the spot, they make hires on the spot, and it was very inspiring to see the approach they took to really leveraging their membership in SWE, and I want to do that. I want to bring the heads of um, supply chain, R&D, and uh, quality um, that have lots of openings for talented engineers to this meeting to help us make sure we get the right talent for BD. Oh, that, that sounds like a great opportunity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm from the Philly area, so I'm a little inclined into that. So I was excited to see that it happened to be in uh, Philadelphia this year as well. Yeah, so nice I, and I close. Hope, hopefully it will work out for uh, logistics that you get a lot of folks there not too far away. Now, I think one of the, as you talked about, um, you know, hiring the female engineers, is there anything specific about um, why you view making sure that we're also hiring uh, female engineers to BD? Yeah, I can tell you. You know, I've I tell you, my I've been I've worked in in very diverse uh, functions uh, in my career as a clinical lab scientist. I think it was perhaps more women than men. Um, and uh, when I came to regulatory at FDA, it was more men than women. But what I found out was that when there's a good mix, I think it brings out the best in everybody. And I noticed that men are really good at uh, sometimes seeing a, a strategic vision and, and uh, you know, being a bottom-line kind of uh, assessor of a situation. Women are good at that, but they're also good at being very well-structured, scientifically sound, and being a little less um, uh, lower on the risk scale. I don't know if I want to say it that way, but being more uh, sensitive to how much risk and benefit there is. I think they can help us make better decisions in science. So, right. Well, that's that's a good perspective. I I think uh, obviously your your um, involvement with SWE and partnering with this, you know, helps support that even further. Uh, one of the things I think I was curious about as you've interacted with women, I think you started to mention a couple of them right there in your description. Was mm-hmm. do you have maybe one or two nuggets you could share with women of things they could stop doing, perhaps that would help their perception by others? 
You know, that's a tough question uh, in terms of what they could stop doing. Um, I can share know, one that I've been told over the years. Is that I'd love to hear I it. Told, I was always told, don't write thank you in your email because it looks like you're always trying to please other people. And I always thought that as like I was being courteous. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll say have a good day or best wishes. <laughs> Something else instead. You know, so I've changed that up over the years because everyone said women don't naturally thank people things that other that men may perceive as not the natural time to do that. And that was something I took to heart and have modified. And I always say thank you when it's like, oh, you actually did do something for me. I will thank you. <laughs> That's very interesting because you know what? I actually think you have it right when you thank people because I always thank people because I realize that when I send them an email and I'm asking them to do something, right. um, big or small, I appreciate it. Because right. everybody gets many competing demands during a day, and uh, if that helps people remember me and appreciate, you know, that uh, I thank them, I think good manners are really important in business. And honestly, I was raised that way with my family. I think it makes a difference. And uh, I always find you can get more with sugar and honey than you can with uh, <laughs> frustrated emails. And and I think. Um, you know, I, I do think this, too. I do think that emails, I think, are important and email etiquette. And I find that a lot of us, younger in our career, both men and women, we write long emails. And we write emails, and sometimes we put emotion in them and things like that. I don't think that's the best way to handle most issues. I think best way is usually to have a phone call or a face-to-face meeting when, when there's emotions are running high about issues. And I think it's important to have that kind of constructive communication and dialogue when you're in the room together with somebody rather than send emails that can be understood or misunderstood. I totally agree. So I I actually, I took a business writing course years ago that was like, uh, it was because of feedback that I'd gotten on um, on email writing, right? That that it wasn't Mm -hmm. that I did bad readings. I was given that I give, um, because I could write them very short and sweet to the point and succinct, but mm-hmm. sometimes I could have more emotion in there than the person would want to receive, and that was something about my personality style, right? So mm-hmm. using different word choices, I found, it was really just made me go, oh, I need to use a thesaurus sometimes, so I don't use the same word, and then people perceive it differently than I'm intending. Uh, so I agree that how I handled a lot of that was encouraging more and more face-to-face conversations, uh, which can be challenging in environments when you can't catch people. So I do know there is, you're right, that you still need to focus on you know, improving your etiquette in email, you know, making sure that you are saying what you would say face-to-face and in a constructive way that they can receive when they're not at your face, if that makes sense. Yeah, that no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it reminds me, too, of what I always um, learned. When I was at FDA, because I was also working on, on the science of approving new products used for blood banks, at the same time, I was also preparing the directors of the agency for testimony in front of Congress. And wow. when I did that... I realized that as scientists, we all want to get down to the weeds because that's where we're comfortable, right? In every detail, every nuance, and we always want to explain at that detailed level. But what I learned was you have to speak to your audience. And when you go to Congress, for example, in a congressional hearing, you might have 15 minutes to speak your piece. You might have five minutes to speak your piece, right, to get your point across. Well, how do you do that on a very scientific issue? And what I learned was in in the challenge and the opportunity of preparing for Capitol Hill and explaining to non-scientists, had to really think about communicating um, not at the weeds level, but more like at a 10,000-foot level and being short and sweet where I could say, in a few minutes, can I describe the issue? Can I describe the impact and what either I've done about it 
to ensure safety from an FDA perspective or what I want Congress to do to support FDA. And by putting a briefing package together like that, I've learned to communicate, I think, more effectively in my job as a regulatory professional by being able to go to people and saying, hey, if you want the details, I can give, all, give you all that. But let's start at, at the highest level of what the issue, the impact is, and what it means to us. And then we can dig into the details. I have a tendency to think scientists sometimes start from the very detailed level, and we have to challenge ourselves to think about we're communicating to more senior leaders or to uh, others that may not have the science background we have. So I think it's important to be able to communicate to your audience uh, effectively in, in, in a brief amount of time, whether it's email or uh, communications in a meeting. So that seems, Does that make I, any I, sense? Yeah, I think that seems very fair to have that discussion. I, I think it's, they always call it, what, your elevator conversation and stuff like that. I remember back in college even saying, mm-hmm. hey, if you were the CEO for five minutes, you know, you should have a two-minute elevator speech of what you could talk about besides the weather, you know? That's <laughs> right. Like that. No, no, yeah. that's absolutely right. And that's, that's what I learned when you go to – and now in my current job, I should have mentioned that in, in regulatory, I also have the reimbursement and public policy function. So the Washington office of our policy advocates report to me. And I know that when I work with our CEO, Vince Verlenza, and we go to Capitol Hill together to lobby on behalf of innovation, um, we have to find a way to communicate our message uh, very efficiently since these folks that meet with us might have 20 or 30 meetings a day. Right. And uh, it's got to be memorable, and people have to understand what the issue is, what the impact, and what we're asking them to do. And I find that that works well. And I also want people to know that BD has a great reputation in being and helping uh, policymakers solve unmet policy needs. Uh, we believe in patient safety first and then supporting, you know, at the same time, innovation so that we can help people live healthy lives. Well, I think that's very well said. So to me, one of the reasons I love about BD is I've always been strong to the core values. So like you said before, that was how I was raised, and it fits with me, being ethical and honest and driven by data. <laughs> it's been the best. It's been. I like the way you said that, too, you know, and and this probably won't won't make it to the last cut of our, our article, but I can tell you that when I was at FDA, we had a little sign outside our door. It said, in God we trust, everybody else brings data. Right. 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 It, it's just it's a data driven world. That's the world we live in. So, so I think I'll, I'll I know we're running out of time. So I want to make sure of any last comments you want to share. And also, uh, one of the things I thought I, I thought about later, and I put them as an additional question was, you know, any advice for new associates maybe joining BD or longtime people at BD who are curious about whether or not it's worth their time joining SWE or getting involved in some events. Yeah, I I can tell you that I've seen it firsthand. The national meeting had 8,000 undergraduates and graduate professionals looking for opportunities. And what was so exciting to me was everybody I met wants to work for a great company that not only has great products, but does good things for people. And this is what BD is all about. And I think if you've got a passion to help others understand what a great company BD is, get involved, help us uh, get the best talent here. Um, And if you're at a point in your career where you're um, just joining the company, SWE is a great place for you to network, um, hear how other professionals handle challenging issues of things like work-life balance and um, 
growing your careers and putting your best foot forward in interviews. SWE gives you all that and more. Right. So I, I think, you know, my uh, my exciting part to me for SWE is definitely, hopefully, I'm hoping to attend the uh, convention this year as well, since it's right here in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's I'm on my mind to at least go for a day <laughs> um, with my schedule. But I, I think the really uh, highlight I had was, you know, hearing that somebody high on, you know, the BD uh, leadership team, you know, was so heavily involved in wanting to support SWE and getting out to others, you know, even seeing, uh, you know, my uh, uh you know, vice president of R and D reaching out to us individually, sent an email out to us to say, "Please join." You know, <laughs> that really meant a lot to me to see that level of support, you know, from leadership. So I, I'd say thank you as an associate for spreading the word. Oh, very and, nice uh, of you to say that. I'm I'm glad to hear that's a that's a perfect, you know, testimonial to what I think we're all trying to accomplish here. And and I can tell you that Jasmine has been a fantastic leader. Um, she basically pulled me in, you know, and said, Rick, this is what we're doing and why, and I think you can help us make a difference. So we talk monthly. Uh, we work with Lisa Craddy in R&D, and I'm reaching out now to the other leaders in supply chain and uh, quality, and I think we're all very excited about the opportunity to, to leverage SWE and to show what a great company we are. Um, I think BD does not do nearly enough uh, no. to talk about I think sometimes I, I joke that we're the greatest story never told. I, I totally agree. For a girl who was found by a headhunter on Munster back in 2004. <laughs> really? About Is that how you got found? About yes. That's amazing. Thanks, thanks to a headhunter who found my uh, resume, and I was living, I was outside of Philadelphia at the time, and she was like, Maryland's not far away. Where are you at, Maryland? And I was like, oh, I'd have to move. But it, it, that was how I found out about BD. And then once I realized, I was like, oh, they're the syringe people? I didn't know that. You know, Patricia, that's a great point, too, and it reminds me. I was lucky enough, uh, very young, because uh, um, I married my high school sweetheart, Leslie, who's had type 1 diabetes since the age of 11. And so I knew the BD name long before I started working at a clinical lab, right? Right. But uh, I knew the value BD brought as the first company to develop, you know, the disposable syringes and how that improved the lives for people with diabetes. And then we've gone on and developed safety syringes. And so I know BD, but I constantly, when I go to Washington, um, if uh, a congressional de- delegation doesn't know BD and I'm meeting them for the first time, when I say I'm from BD, sometimes I've gotten the response, oh, BD, Black & Decker. Mm-hmm. We love your power tools. <laughs> And I said, no, not Black & Decker, but you do know this name. If you've ever gotten a shot or ever had, uh, had blood drawn, they go, oh, yeah, you guys make the syringes. I said, that's us. Yes, yes. Right. I, I'm also a promoter of that because I know as well. My family knows BD very well. I have a large extended family because <laughs> a lot of them did not know. BD, what? <laughs> not Black & Decker, the other yeah. one. <laughs> Look it Isn't up. funny? I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's great. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm really yeah. passionate about getting the word out and attracting the, the best, most diverse workforce because I think, as I said, when men and women lean in together and create a team, we're stronger together. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rick. I know you have to get going. Uh, you know, definitely look forward to hearing more about you, and um, hopefully we can get an update after the uh, convention this year to hear how that went and hear how BD you know interacted more with SWE at that. Sure. Well, I really appreciate you helping us communicate uh, the importance of SWE and and our uh, work with them. Thank you, Patricia. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to explore additional offerings from SWE Advance at advancedlearning.swe.org.